Y'all, welcome back to the Ben Barker Fitness Podcast. If you would subscribe to the show, leave a five-star review and share this with a dad you think it might be an encouragement to. Today I have the man, the myth, the legend, my dad, Larry Barker. What's up, man? Wow. I am just honored to be here today, dude. I'm, I, uh, I love it, and thanks for asking me. Man, I've been, it's, it's just kind of funny um, thinking through as I've kind of dove more into faith. Yeah. On the podcast, I'm like, who better to have than my dad? And you just celebrated 50 years in ministry. And so I just thought it'd be cool to come on here and for you to be an encouragement to dads in consistency and how to kind of grow and guide their family in faith. Yeah. Well, I'm happy to help any way I can, buddy. I sure am. I, and I think what's kind of cool about what you've done in ministry, because initially when I was thinking about you, you know, you, you pastor pastors is kind of like one of your jobs, but also a large part of your ministry has been pastoring just normal guys and preaching on Sundays and teaching people how to lead their families. Yeah, it is. And, uh, and that's what we want. And I'll just say this up front, Ben, that, uh, and I don't call you Ben normally. That was kind of odd. I've always called you Benjamin, but anyway, um, you know, you got to know yourself to lead yourself. And if you're not leading yourself spiritually, you're not going to be able to lead your family spiritually. And that's the that's the button we've been pushing for years and years, being in the word daily and developing an intimate walk with Christ. So you're saying it's more than um, do as I say, not as I do? Correct. That's absolutely <laughs> true. Matter of fact, you said we were going to talk about my dad a little the other day. Uh, your mom was at a friend's uh, and, and house and uh, there was uh, her husband had left out uh, the Bible on the table and uh, there was something else sitting out there, coffee cup. And and then another thing is she took a picture and she sent it to me. She goes, makes me think of your dad. And uh, and I actually have the Bible uh, that my dad would always open up and read his daily scripture in. That's cool and such a fun legacy because some of my favorite memories of grandpa was uh, I would wake up, I could smell his coffee there at the yep. house in Fort Walton. Absolutely. And I would want to go sit with him at the big table in there. Yep. And he would make me be quiet until he was done reading his Bible. Absolutely. <laughs> he sure would. He was faithful. You know, I struggled. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You struggle with that. I get it. I get I it. Do, I do still struggle with that. Before we dive into the meat and potatoes today, which I want to talk about faith, um, I wanted to talk a little bit. One, would you tell everybody like who you are, Dad, and what you do? And then secondly, I wanted to talk about, I mean, you've lost 130 pounds. You're my third guest who's lost over 100 pounds. And I was telling you before we started recording, the three guys that I've had talk about that have had taken wildly different paths, but you all accomplished something really cool. So I just kind of wanted to touch on that. Sure. My name is Larry Barker and I work for BMA Global, Baptist Missionary Association, and has a global impact. We have 1,200 churches here in the States. We have even more than that around the world, or double that, I should say. Uh, and my official title now is I'm Vice President of Church Strategy and Training. So I help uh, with international missionaries and church planners here in North America with their assessment, training, coaching, and then also partnerships for them to have the support that they have. And I love what I do. Uh, on the weight journey, it was because of my travels that I became uncomfortable 
traveling and, uh, but the catalyst, I went in for a minor back surgery because I'd blown a disc picking your grandmother up out of the floor. I even knew when I did it, but I couldn't tell her because she would have worried and worried about it. Uh, and she had actually passed away and I went in to get it fixed. And when I stepped on the scale, it was the heaviest I'd ever weighed. And even the girl that was weighing me, it was kind of funny. Uh, she goes, ooh, that shocks me. And well, it shocked me too. And I turned to your mom and I said, starts today. And so what I did, uh, I, I had done the fad diets before. I'd lost, gained back. We've all done it, you know, just up and down like a yo-yo. And so I just thought, you know, I'm just going to cut out the things I know. And I'd done some reading that actually uh, Diet Cokes don't really help you in the weight loss realm. And of course, I like what one good friend said to me, goes, have you ever noticed everybody drinking them's not not skinny? (laughs) (laughs) And but they're trying. So I cut out that. I cut out bread. I cut out potatoes, you know, that type thing. And I quit eating sweets. And that was the first year. Uh, In the first year, you know, I probably lost 40 pounds, uh, maybe 50. I'd have to go back and look at the chart that I kept. And then I went to Atkins uh, starting of 2013, it would have been. 2012 was just cutting those things out, trying not to lose it. And then I kind of wanted to, you know, put it on steroids a little bit. So I went to the Atkins diet and I followed it pretty religiously and, and very, uh, to the T until it was October of 2013 that I got to my goal weight. That's amazing. What was your total weight loss? My total weight loss was actually 140. 140. Crazy. It was, it is crazy to me. And, and then of course your mom now says I'm, I'm almost a little ridiculous about what I still won't eat, but I just don't want to go back. I, I work too hard to get where I am. I feel better than I did 10 years ago because of that. And then, you know, then you gave me workouts and Probably in 13s when I started doing push-ups and setups and leg lifts and that kind of stuff. I started walking. I wanted to run, but I couldn't in the yep. early days. And uh, matter of fact, I I went out running just uh, Saturday, and I'll probably try to go today because uh, Sunday Monday were just too hectic. And I try to run uh, a 5K. I love saying 5K because it's a big nu- bigger number than 3.1. It is. It sounds way better. Sounds way better. <laughs> and that's the thing I wanted to stress, guys listening, is that you know, fit with Fordham I had on here. Um, fit um, Dallas Peck a couple weeks ago and my dad now, and they all took wildly different routes and all were able to lose over a hundred pounds. And so I think the one thing that all three of them had in common was that they picked something and they did it consistently. That's it. And you also notice with my dad, he is running and he is working out, but the basis of what he's doing is his diet. And I think that's the hard thing that a lot of people to wrap their minds around. They're working out really hard, but they're not fixing the fast food and the soda. And so not seeing results, which I know it's a tough pill to swallow. 
It is. And, you know, I'll just say this, Benjamin, you know, I've talked about it. There's two nasty words in weight loss, diet and exercise. And yeah. you just can't, you just can't get around them. You can't. And so uh, it's worked for me. Uh, I don't eat anything that I think has uh, the manufactured sugar in it. The only way I'm going to, the only way I hope, I'm not saying it doesn't ever happen, but I want my sugar to be natural, uh, whether that's grapes, fruit, and other things. Yeah, I love it. I think that's a good prop, a good way to take. And then it's like when you get it minimally, then it doesn't make as big of a difference. But when that's the majority of what you're getting, that's where the problem begins. Yep, I agree. Okay. So um, I, my, my main people I talk to are dads. Yeah. And so I thought one of the cool things to talk about is like the impact of a father before we jump into faith. And I was just thinking like something that you raised me on and correct me if I'm wrong, but like in praying about becoming a father, didn't you at one point in praying, like we're like, God, if we have children, I will have them in church. No doubt about it. I said, God, if you give us children, because we were told we may not conceive. And we'd actually, Benjamin, started uh, adoption proceedings with a, a group up in Wheaton, Illinois, near where I pastored at that time, and had been approved. And uh, we're excited about that. Your mom comes home and goes, you ain't gonna believe it, but we're expecting. Well, unfortunately, two weeks later, she miscarried. So we went from the mountaintop to the valley in a very short time, but we had great friends, great church, great people around us that just loved on us. But in fairness to the whole situation, we at least now knew it was possible. Yeah. And uh, and then it was about a year later, your mom found out uh, that she was expecting, and that's your sister, Meredith. And, and we were so excited, but we did. We said, God, if you give us children, they will be in church, and we're not going to forsake the house of the Lord. I love that. And that's where the impact part comes in, because like, you know, as I've been like, putting more into my faith. And like, now that I have, you know, four kids, it's like, I can mess up like nine out of 10 times, but something that Kimmy and I have just decided to take a hard stance on was just church on Sundays. And when the kids get into sports, we're not going to get into the Sunday sports and traveling on the weekends. And like, I realize in a, in a way, some might see that as a sacrifice, but for most of us, like little Johnny's probably not going to the pros, you know, but at some point he is going to need to have a relationship with Jesus. And that's one thing I can impact more. Yes, absolutely. And, and that influence on them. And, and to be blunt, I'm, I, I get to see your kids a whole lot more now and I'm loving it. Uh, but you can see that impact on them. I mean, just like think about how proud Finley was that she's carrying your mom's Bible to church. And she was just thrilled about that, to have that. And that message that that's sending to her. So cool. It is. She couldn't even read it when she got that Bible, but she was excited about it. <laughs> she was. She was real excited. And we just think that is so neat because, uh, and we were there for the two older's baptisms and and the impact that was our, I mean, Silas was what's going on, you know, and how do I get involved and what's that look like for me? And and so it is that legacy. And And my dad actually got into church after I did. So I wasn't raised in church. Yeah. And talking about like, I think a lot of people feel like their families are so broken that they can't 
they all, I think people see it as like a curse or something. This is just the way I am because this is how my dad was, you know. And so I think it's pretty cool to talk about how you can flip the script and like what your dad did. Oh, gosh, Benjamin. And you guys don't even know it. Uh, I know you've heard stories, uh, but his father passed away. Oh gosh, in the in the early eighties, and uh, and I'll be blunt, I didn't want to go to the funeral. I did not. I knew how he had treated dad. I knew how he had treated his his daughters. Uh, I knew the lifestyle that he lived, and and I I just had no connection. And it was your grandma that got on the phone and said your dad needs you there. And so I went. Uh, But dad made a tremendous, Jesus changed his life, dude. I mean, 1972, when he gave his heart to Christ, I saw a man who wasn't interested in going to church that never, to, to a man who never missed and to a man that made you be quiet until he got done reading his Bible every morning. It was a awesome transformation. I wish uh, the three older siblings, my two brothers and sisters, had seen it to the degree I did because I was the youngest. Yeah, and that's so cool. And it's it, and it's cool to think about the changes that he made that affected you, that affected me, that now affect my kids and will affect their kids. Yeah, even before he put his faith in Christ, and your Uncle Gary and I have talked about this a lot, he made decisions that his family was going to be different than how he was raised. And I just want to say this to all the dads out there listening, regardless of whether you had a great dad or no dad at all, you can make the, you can make the choices right now and the decisions that do flip the script and give a godly heritage for the generations to come. Yes. And I won't mention him by name, um, but I have a close friend who uh, who didn't have a good home life. And he has siblings that have kind of used it as an excuse. And he's had that conversation with them like, listen, like I, I'm not like I'm going to live the life that God's called me to live. And I'm not going to use my like my parents as an excuse not to be who God wants me to be. Yes. No. And I saw a picture on, I think it was Facebook, could have been Instagram. And there's a picture of a guy that looks like he's living on the streets, you know, a beggar type. But anyway, it says, uh, I, I'm addicted to drugs. The other picture is a guy in a seat, you know, a man, he is in a dressed out to the T's. I mean, awesome looking suit. And he, it says, I'm a CEO of one of the most successful companies in America. Below it says both of them say it's because of the alcoholic father that they had. Wow. The one says, I'm a drug addict because I had an alcoholic father. The other one says, I'm a CEO because I had an alcoholic father. Well, it's what you do with it. It's the choices you make. And you can't blame it on something else your whole life. Uh, And, well, maybe you can, but you shouldn't. Yeah. Man, that's good. That'll preach. That'll preach. No doubt about it. Matter of fact, I think I might've referred to it in one message. (laughs) I love that. Dad, the the main reason I wanted to have you on here, and it's funny, people have made fun of me recently because a couple of times I've made posts where it was like, you know, push-ups, protein and Proverbs. And people would message me and they'd be like, 
that sounds like a Baptist minister's Sunday message. And I'm like, you know, funny enough. <laughs> funny enough. <There laughs> funny enough. <laughs> what, what do you see for just a normal dad, maybe a guy who's not in a leadership role in church? Right. Like practical ways that we can lead our families in faith? Because we were talking before the show. Um, I think getting in church is probably step one. Yep. Like take your family. Yep. But other than that, like Monday through Saturday, what are the things that dad should be doing to lead our families? Like, cause church, church isn't enough in and of itself. No, it's not. Matter of fact, if all you're getting of the word of God is a sermon on Sunday morning, think of how you would be doing physically if you only eat, ate one meal a week. And so you got to think that way. And, uh, the, the Bible in, in uh, Matthew chapter 5 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness sake. And so we need to be feeding. So, you know, I've always promoted and pushed being in the word daily and, and your prayer life. And I like a couple of acronyms and acrostics for it. One is SOAP. Uh, and it stands for Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer. And that's a way to journal. In other words, pick out, okay, I'm going to read through the book of John. Today, I'm going to read John chapter 1. And as I read John chapter 1, I'm going to say, okay, God, what are you saying to me in John chapter 1? So what verse or two verses really speak to me? And then I write them out hand, uh, word for word. Okay, what observations do I have about this verse? And observations, every time you read the Word of God, there's three things you can guarantee that God is saying to you. Is there a sin to confess? Is there a promise to claim? Or is there a, uh, and man, the third one's escaping me, but it'll come back to me in a, in a second, uh, but it never fails. But, uh, oh, a command to obey. I knew it would come. Is there a command to obey, a sin to confess, or is there a promise to claim? And you're reading the word of God. God is speaking. People say, I wish God would speak to you. Open up the Bible and he'll speak to you every single day. That's yeah. why he has written it to you. And so I write down my observations. And then I go, okay, how's this apply to me? How do I carry this out? And then I'm going to write a prayer. Uh, now, I have a good friend that you've met, Kevin Marsico. He's added a, a fifth one to soap, and I like it. It's an, it's an S instead of soap, soaps. And then who do I need to share this with? Yeah, And so I, I, I just love that process. And I've got soap journals filled out through the years on a shelf back here behind me, not to show off, but it's my journal and my walk with the Lord and how he is speaking to me. If you're going to lead your family spiritually, you first have to lead yourself spiritually. You cannot give what you do not possess and so you've got to walk with the Lord and get deep. And you say, yeah, but I, I'm not very deep. Listen, all you got to be is one step ahead. That's it. Yeah. Don't think you've got, oh, I haven't been to, to Bible college. Well, most haven't. Uh, I don't understand all the Bible. Who does? Yeah. <laughs> you yep. know? And so get in there and begin learning and, and, and growing and, and uh, find somebody to do that with you. And that'll be a great, great 
journey for you. And then pray is just taking the Lord's prayer and thinking through how I need to praise him. I need to repent. What will I ask of God today? And But most importantly, I want to yield and surrender my life to his direction and how he's going to use me. Man, uh, I love that acronyms just help me. They do. And I I find it helpful uh, just in getting in a process. And I think you're a process guy, aren't you? I am. I am. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I am too deep down. But like when when my prayer life, I feel like started getting better. It was was probably you that told me about it, but ACTS. Yes. A-C-T-S adoration, tell God how awesome he is. Then I confess in guys, we're human. There's something every day. T is Thanksgiving. And then S is supplication. And I think that's been important for me is getting out of the getting in there. And it's always, I think for most of it, it's supplication first. Like, you know, we think God's, you know, Burger King, you know, the old message, you can't have it your, or you can't have it your way. Like, God, this is what I need. Grant this, um, help me accomplish my goals, but I've gotten to more like where I'm, I'm praising God. I'm confessing. I'm, I'm thanking him, you know, that I have two kids that have already accepted, you know, Jesus. And then I get into asking him for things after I've done the more important stuff. Yeah. Well, Benjamin, the Lord's prayer, which acts is the same as pray. It's just acts and then the word pray. And I got mine from a guy that just had a great impact on my life. I heard him preach a message, how to pray, 30 minutes a day, and he used that acronym instead of ACTS. But ACTS is the same thing because they're both based on the model prayer in Matthew chapter 6. And you're exactly right. Begin with the attributes of God, not his blessings and what you want God to do for you. And the, the model prayer says, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. That's where you begin. Man, good stuff, dude. It is. It's his word and it works. Yep. Something cool, Dad, that I've noticed, and you know, you were talking about um, getting in study with other people. Yeah. I think that's a huge part of what you do in your ministry, you know, is encouraging guys like, you know, we're going through Proverbs with some guys, you know, on my fitness website. Awesome. And it's, you know, we just read, I don't remember which proverb it was, but iron sharpens iron and so yep. one man sharpens another. And I just noticed when, when Kimmy and I are growing the most is when we're in a group with others. Absolutely. And you know, and it's like, and it's like when you're not just doing it for yourself, like I don't want to show up to group and not have done the reading that I was supposed to do, you know, because the leader puts a lot into it. If I show up not prepared, that's kind of like a slap in the face to him. And so I've just noticed a lot of growth in that area. And we're talking about the Holy Spirit a lot and something that I thought is cool I think we get intimidated, you know, by uh, pray without ceasing. Right. It's like, how am I supposed to pray all day? But something I've noticed, I know this is probably hard for you to believe, but I'm pretty reactive mm-hmm. and I have a little bit of a temper on me. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know where that comes yeah. from. <laughs> it's your mother. Yeah, it's definitely mom. <laughs> um, when, when I'm about to react to the kids or Kimmy, something I've been doing recently is like, it's so brief, but I'm like, Holy Spirit like help me here. Absolutely. And it's, it's so simple and it's so brief, but just that split second before I like the top blows off is so helpful. Absolutely. And that's the concept of praying without ceasing. Sometimes we read that we think, oh, I'm supposed to be down on my knees and praying. That's not realistic. No, it means, and I love this, 
memorize the Lord's Prayer. And if you're walking into a meeting uh, that you know is not going to go as well as you'd like, uh, say that prayer inwardly and think it through and stop and ponder it. And I've timed it. You can say that prayer slowly. And I'm not saying that's what you ought to do. It's one way, one thing to do. I love your prayer. But to even quote inwardly in your head, the model prayer takes less than 30 seconds. But it gets your mindset and your heart thinking about the Spirit and His direction in your life instead of what the flesh wants to do. Yeah, Absolutely. I love it, buddy. That's a great, great word. And I'll just tack on something else as well. I know you and mom do this to guys. I talked about this a few episodes with another guy, but uh, praying with your spouse. Yes. I feel like is a big one. And Kimmy and I failed on that epically for like nine years. It was kind of like, hey, we'll do it this night. But just getting in the habit of doing that daily, I feel like has been a pretty big game changer for us. Yeah. Let me say something on that too, uh, Benjamin, real quick. I've never met anyone who said, help me, please. I pray too much. Yeah. I've <laughs> never met that person. I haven't. And I don't think any of us would ever say it. So I do want to say this. If I could go back, it wouldn't yeah. be I would do it less. If I could go back and change, uh, I we would have done more family devotionals. We'd have done more prayer times. And and so I want everybody out there to hear, I, I was not perfect in that area. I dropped the ball many times, and I was a pastor at that time. And you get busy, and this is going on, and every time we try it, something was always going on with one of us, wasn't there? Yep. You know? Yep. So I just want everybody out there to, oh, he's got this down, and he's, no, no, we haven't. We're still working on it. We're still discovering, but I'm not going to quit trying. I'm going to keep working on it. And it's just like, I love it when um, spiritual things, faith and fitness line up. Yes. It's just like devotionals or reading your Bible or praying as a family is just like a diet. If you miss one day, you don't quit and start over. That's right. And you don't like, it's like, oh, I missed one day. I'll start again next month. You just start again the next day. That's it. Yeah. The other day, uh, it's probably been longer than I'm willing to admit, maybe a year or so ago. I was really focused on praying without ceasing. What is that? You know, it, 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 it actually means uninterrupted communication, that you're just striving to stay in communication with the Lord all the time. And I was driving down the road, it was funny. And I was like, I just want to talk to you more, Lord. I just want to pray more. And it was like, he went, what are you doing right now? And I went, oh, yeah. <laughs> and it just blessed my soul because that that was it. It's not something I had arrived. Uh, it wasn't something I got this figured out. But the Lord just blessed my soul that minute because, you know, discipleship has been defined by Eugene Peterson as a long obedience in the same direction. And I just love that. You keep going in the same direction, putting one foot in front of the other. And that's why fitness and faith and family all are like that. We're all still working on it. Your mom and I have been married 45 years, and we're still working on our marriage. And I think that's the key. I think that's where a lot of, a lot of people quit working on it. When it's, when it's, that's something that Kim and I talked about recently is it's like, just because things are good doesn't mean we shouldn't be working on it. 
It's a good word. Uh, there was a guy, uh, dad, who plays for the Eagles, Travis Kelsey's brother. Yeah. And they were, he was talking about last season. He was like, I noticed everybody was getting really comfortable. You know, we had won eight games in a row. And, and he said, when everybody got comfortable, that's when I was concerned. Yes. He's like, when you start getting comfortable, that's cause for concern. He was like, you got to stay on your toes. And I wish I could remember the Bible verse, but is there not a verse about like the devil's prowling like a lion and we need to stay ready? Well, yeah, it's First Peter chapter 5. Uh, it says that Satan is a roaring lion, roaming to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. I think it's 5, 8, 1 Peter. So stay on your toes, fellas. Absolutely. You've got to. you got to be on your guard all the time. And uh, I mean, I get all, let's go to diet. I get offered stuff all the time. All the time. Oh, you need to have a, no, I'm sorry. I, uh, I can't do it. And somebody's even said to me, well, they're going to be offended. And, you know, if you don't partake of what they made. And so I just explain, listen, I know it's wonderful. I know it's awesome. But this is just a, it's just a, you know, a stipulation or a requirement or a boundary, if you will, that I've placed on myself. And I hope you'll understand. And you know what? When I've told folks, and I even carry the picture of when I was 140 pounds heavier and I'll show it to them. They go, oh, wow, I don't even recognize you. I said, me yeah. either. And, uh, and I get it. And, you know, and then they understand. And I think also in your faith, if you'll let people know, I can't do that because I struggle there. Most people will understand. And, yeah. uh, and, and help you and be there with you because all of us, you're talking about the devil Roman, all of us have temptations that we're susceptible to. Yep. Truth. Yep. Dad, as we're wrapping this up, there was yeah. a story I wanted to tell. Sure. And don't, don't look me directly in the eyes because okay. I, I don't want to cry during a podcast. Okay. Uh, think about like the impact of a father. And one of my favorite examples was in football in high school when the crowd is so loud and my dad does have a voice that carries. Um, yes, so I will, I will give him that, but um, impact of a father, like on the field screaming bands are playing. I could always hear my dad's voice in the middle of the game, which is crazy. So dads, I think that's just like a perfect depiction of the impact you can have on your sons and your daughters and you can be that voice. And I, I heard a guy talking the other day. He was like, the scariest thing for me right now is knowing that one day, like when my girls go to college, like I'm not there to protect them anymore. But it's like if we instill the right things from zero to 18, we're still there. So the point being, uh, my dad, I still hear his voice, even though you're not with me all the time. Absolutely. And you heard me share the three times I heard my dad's voice in my life and what it meant to me. And, and those were extreme. I heard it all the time. Uh, but I remember that. I remember your last game when you knew it was kind of over. And, uh, and you were always a cheerleader to the others. And you were kind of, you kind of weren't. And, and I remember cheering. And then all of a sudden, and I think you told me you heard me cheering and you went, oh, I need to be cheering too. And yeah. that's what dads can do. Yeah, I love it. Dude, this was so perfect. Thanks for joining today, Dad. Oh, glad to, my friend. Glad to. Hey, last question, Dad. If somebody wanted to find you like on social media, what's what's your handle? I know you're probably most active on Twitter and Instagram. 
Uh, yeah, it. Oh gosh, you had to ask me, and I'm not sure if I remember <laughs> what I am on Instagram. Let me see where I am on that. Um, if I can bring it up real quick, does it show me what my my? my yeah, go to your profile. I'm pretty sure it's like Larry J. Barker. I think it is. I think it is. Yeah, I'm pretty you sure. Just look up Larry J. Barker. Follow him on Instagram and Twitter. Dad, I appreciate you, man. Thanks for joining oh, today. Love you, bud. Love you too, dad. Bye.